And uh, Winford, we continue to rejoice at the way God provides for you and gets you ready for, for what's coming. It's always great to have you here home with us. And Ava, we continue to believe for you for the miracle that God's working in your life and all, the, all of you. Uh, we just release the wonderful touch of our Father and that uh, his promotion will be upon you. Okay, Luke chapter 21. And we're going to read one verse, verse 36, that really is uh, the culmination of a lot of things that Jesus is saying about the time of the end. And this verse says, Watch ye, therefore, and pray always that you may be able that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is uh, such a powerful word from our Lord. And um, we as saints, we as students of the word, as pneumaticos people, we can give thanks for the privilege of being able to piece by piece look at what Jesus is actually saying. Now, when I was growing up, um, there was a lot of emphasis about the rapture and uh, a lot of songs that we sang in church and a lot of popular songs were focused on watching for the coming of the Lord and looking to the sky. Keep your eyes upon the eastern skies. Lift up your heads. Redemption draws nigh. And uh, we kind of forgot about what the angels said to those that were had their heads cocked looking for the sky. Uh, what are you doing standing around gazing? Go and get to work. Do what the Father says to do. Um, and, and in fact, if you were to look at th that verse that I, uh, that I just mentioned that speaks about um, lift up your heads and look, um, you would notice that the lift up your heads, as that word is used uh, so often in, in the lands where that language was spoken, it really meant that you should not be cowering down you should not be um, just beaten down with your eyes downcast. And that word, to lift up, lift, lift up, was really something you said to somebody who was in that scenario and said, hey, look, look on the bright side. Recognize what's going on around you. And you've said things like that to people who, who sometimes when circumstances come, they just immediately fall into the doldrums and they start the Eeyore, woe is me. And you, you start to say, hey, you know what? God is in this. God, look up, rejoice. And so that term that Jesus uses there doesn't mean that you stand and you figure out which way is east and you look toward the sky. And uh, even though we are in that pleasant hope of, of knowing that the Lord is in control and he's coming, but it, it really doesn't mean that. It means that no matter what's going on around us, we need to keep our perspective properly 
and we need to be anticipating that God is in control and that we have a partnership with him. So you come here to verse 36, and again, he says, watch you therefore and pray always. And so often, again, the watching um, had a lot of different connotations for us. If you just read if you just read this verse and interpret it in our language. But I, I was really drawn to this because, uh, because of the watch and pray aspect. And there are four times in the New Testament where Jesus says a variation of watch and pray. And he's the only one who says the watch and pray um, combine. And um, he uses different words uh, in the times that he says watch and pray during those four occasions. And I, I, I was not, I did not come upon this message because of something I'm studying for seminar. I have said that I'm intending to put together a, um, some kind of a chart that lists the various types of prayer from the Old and New Testament and kind of group them together and then to maybe give some biblical examples of um, how those words are used in prayer and, and maybe even say if you're facing this scenario as in serving as a saint and you're facing this scenario where the authority God's given you has been tested, you need to be praying this kind of prayer. You need to be applying this word that the Holy Spirit used. And I think that that will be of great help to us. And even though we have studied words like palal, and we've studied sha'al, and we've studied the diasis, which we're going to talk about today. We studied even diomai, which we're going to talk about today. We talked about iteo. We talked about uh, iriteo. We talk about prosyuke. We talk about itema. We talk about all those words, and we have those definitions uh, we need to, to really put them together now. I feel the urgence of the Spirit so that we can uh, readily utilize them and train ourselves as to when this happens, in this scenario, how do you pray? When this happens, in this scenario, how do you pray? And um, I think that that would be of great help to us because uh, once, you, once you commit that to your memory. Once you commit that to a rote type of observance and response, then you're training yourself as to what you're supposed to do. Because so often what happens in our lives is scenarios come and circumstances come, and even though we've been taught and trained um, we in the Scripture, sometimes we grasp for what to do. And then when, when that happens, it's just like in any other thing, um, if, if you're not confident and if you're not proactive, then sometimes the scenario itself gains an upper hand. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned, I think it was two weeks ago that I've been engaging in physical therapy. And I've been doing this every day now for three, three plus weeks. And the things that I do have almost become second nature for me. And I, I just go through them. And I do them to the best of my ability. And I can recognize 
what areas are being developed and strengthened, and I can tell a very big difference. And so what at first for me was just a bunch of sheets and, you know, descriptions of what I'm supposed to do, and it's kind of overwhelming. Am I doing this right? Uh, because I've done it and because I, I have committed it to that reactionary memory, I know what to do. And even if I face a challenge, I recognize just by doing them, okay, I know I've already done my exercises, but I need to find a place where I can do this one, this one, this one, because that's going to help me. And, you know, I could have been told by the trainer, okay, this is what you should be doing until I actually did it or I actually recognized through the doing, then um, it really was just helpful words, but um, I needed to put them into practice and learn. And I think that that's where the Father has us now in regard to all these prayer words. Just think about this. We're going to get back to this verse here in a second. This isn't me. The divine author did this. The Holy Spirit did this. Jesus is the author. He did this. And, and these passages and the way that the Spirit used them are, are intricate and so nourishing to us. But so often, like, I, I'm grateful we live in the day we live in because when I was growing up, what we had was you just read it, and in English, you make your own decision as to what it means. It's powerful. God still used it. Maybe the preacher would preach on it, but usually the preacher was preaching on it with a particular goal in mind that he felt the Spirit was wanting him to use. Sometimes it was in context. Sometimes it wasn't. I'm not faulting anybody. But because of, of, of those limitations, I didn't really understand a lot of what these things meant. And um, I know that even when I was in seminary and we were studying the, the biblical languages, and in Bible college we studied some too, but when you get in seminary, it really ratchets it up. Uh, we were told that, you know, you can't teach this to your people. And the, oh, the famous phrase, it's all Greek to me, you know, people say. And you, you can't use that because you've got to really bring three points. And you know, we've left, that's left the barn a long time ago. And, and you've got to you got to make it quick, and you got to appeal to them, and you got to tell some uh, heart-jerking stories. And if you do that, then you might get them to the altar, and hopefully you'll get them to come back. But don't delve into the Greek or the Hebrew, because if you do that, you're going to lose them. And, and I understand that. But I'm thankful that where we are today, where you are today, and in your hand or in your home, you have the capacity to study into the deeper things of the Word and we still have to make it practical, and we still have to apply it. But because we've been able to be afforded that privilege, we, we can, through the power of the Spirit who guides us into all truth, and through a diligent search of the Scripture, we can see some nuances of what Jesus said that are not apparent to simply a cursory reading of the Bible, no matter how powerful that may be. Does that make sense? So when I say watch and pray, um, and we can look to see that four times Jesus spoke of this in, in the Gospels, um, I can tell you that he uses different words 
in different circumstances. The first instance was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in two gospel passages, he says, watch and pray to his disciples. And there, he used a word for watch that meant uh, Gregorio. It, it meant, we've taught on this before, we get our word gregarious from it, somebody that's talkative, somebody you can interchange. And it was a word that was used in the marketplace so that you could go out and you could deliberate and you could, you could talk to people that were selling things or greet people around you and you were aware of things that were going on around you. That's the word that Jesus used to tell his disciples, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on here. You know, I'm the one that's, he didn't say this, I'm the one that's in the crosshairs. They're coming for me. You need to be praying. You need to be alert as to what's going on. That's what he asked of them. That's what he asked of him. Now, he was praying Abba. He was on his face. He was sweating, praying and sweating, as it were, great drops of blood. The, the apex of what he had come to do was right before him at, at, at Calvary. And the enemy had come in there and was besieging from all different fronts. But what Jesus asked his disciples to do was to be aware and to be active. And their praying was prosukomai. As you sense things, you begin to speak forward. You begin to take these scenarios and you process them through the power of the Spirit. And you prophetically declare you make great gains through this. It's very interesting that the two times that it's recorded in the Gospels, when Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray, that's what he told them to be doing. Now, what do I glean about that for us? Sometimes we're in circumstances or situations where we know that the Lord is doing something. And we are perhaps support personnel. We are perhaps uh, those that can recognize something is going on, and we know that it's going on. We're not out searching for it. We didn't hear it on the TV or on the, uh, on the Internet. We know in the Spirit that something's going on, but it's not directly affecting us at that time, even though we are probably being affected in more ways than, than we realize. And what we need to do right then is to be aware to be alert, to be active um, in accordance with what it is that is going on around us. And as the Spirit reveals something as, as we're praying, we need to speak that forward. We need, to, we need to be taking advantage of the moment, and maybe it's like the joy set before us in a peripheral way, but we're speaking out of that situation forward. He said, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm telling you that that's what's supposed to be, and really you learn through the doing. And so um, for the disciples, uh, they were overwhelmed with weariness. They were praying through the night, but they were also overwhelmed by the, the, the atmosphere of the moment. We've taught on this before. It's there in the Scripture. And they were overwhelmed by the presence of the darkness that was coming in, that Jesus was facing off uh, at that moment. And uh, those types of things affect you. Those spiritual atmospheres affect you. Now, it would try to get you to kind of shut down and just say, you know, I can't, I can't take anymore. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to 
punt here on second down. I, I'm just going to, and, and that's a tendency of people. But we need to press ourselves during those scenarios, even though we may not understand everything that's going on, be gregario, to be active with what is presented in front of us. And, and as the Spirit gives us words to speak forward in grace, prosuke, we, we speak that forward. And we pray that forward. Now, it's interesting, too, that we often say that in the Scripture, you find prosuke, I'm, I need to find the exact percentage. Uh, but it's at least 80 to 90% of the time. Prosuke is always linked with supplication. So even though the disciples weren't really offering supplication at that moment, Jesus was. And so the prosuke that the Spirit was wanting to reveal to them was as they were observant and standing nearby in conjunction with Jesus' supplication, and they were benefiting off of that. I'm really going deep here, and I hope you're still with me. But so often, you as a congregation and you as a saints network, we will say, you know, the Spirit is doing this, or we're, we're taking a team into this country, and it's going to be a big thing. We ask you to pray. Well, you know that something's going on. You know that it is a moment of the Lord, but you may not be going. And it's easy to shut down and say, ah, oh, they're going. They'll be back. Oh, I don't have to do anything. We often say pray during that time. And what we're saying is during that, and this is just one example. There are many other kinds of examples. What we're saying is you be alert. You be functional. Don't shut down. You be aware of what's going on. And as the Lord shares something with you, you pray that in grace forward. You speak that forward. Now, again, in this house, there may be some element of, of uh, spiritual battle. Um, I remember one time we, we took a team and we were in Florida ministering. We took a big team. And here, uh, on that Sunday morning, hell broke loose. And there were awful things that were happening in the natural. And the person that I had asked to speak uh, was really functioning at that time. And... Um, they, they even had to shut the service early. And um, so the enemy really came in while we had a team away. And, um, uh, you know, you, sometimes you've got to stand in the gap and fight the good fight. But I remember that there, the first time we went into Nigeria, and um, that was a raucous journey. In a number of ways but some of you were here fighting tooth and nail in the spirit realm because of things you sensed uh, that were needed to, to hedge it up so what I'm saying is you don't always just have a Gregorio experience but um, I'm just going off of what Jesus asked his disciples to do and you can't get better than that he didn't use any of the warfare words with them he just said Stay alert, stay active, and you prosukamai. And, and I think we need to see that. So that was two of the watch and praise. A third one was when Jesus was talking about, somebody asked him about when the end was going to come. 
And he said, you know, the Father doesn't tell me that. The Son doesn't know. The angels don't know. Um, but it's going to be according to his timing, and you need to watch and pray. Now here he uses different words. The first one uh, for watch was the different word, and it's, it's the same word for watch as here. And, and it means to, to be alert, but it also means to be uh, aware of pending challenges. And it's funny because when I was looking into this, I found that the original way that this was used was to describe uh, when people were out on a journey or whatever and they were sleeping outside, which is they didn't have any uh, best westerns back then, so they were sleeping outside. And in that time frame, oh, there were all kinds of things that could go haywire for you. Um, there was, uh, you know, there were a lot of wild animals. There were robbers. There were people that lived in the indigenous, indigenously in the land that just were looking for strangers. There were, there were bushwhackers, those that were ne'er-do-wells. Um, there were just a lot of things that you needed to stay aware of. It's kind of like the stories of the old wagon trains that would go forward, and they'd have to post people to be on guard uh, because you never knew what was going on, going to go on. And that's the kind of word that this word means. And so um, there Jesus says, you know, when things are really getting rough and you're questioning when, um, is this when the Lord's going to come? Uh, you, you may need to just stay aware because there's a lot of crazy things that could be affecting that um, spidey sense in you that's saying, hey, there's not a whole lot going on that, that I'm sensing is good, and I need to stay aware and ready for battle. And, but there he uses, again, prosukamai. So while you're watching at a time that you're not really sure what God's doing in his timing, but you can sense that uh, there's an alert. What you need to do is just be watchful. You don't want to start warring if there's no need to war. You don't want to start firing into the air, just try to spook the enemy and scare him off. That usually doesn't work. And uh, you, you just need to be watchful and be ready for battle but you need to be allowing the Spirit during that atmosphere to awaken things that, uh, that he may want you to proclaim and, and to speak forward. And um, again, that's speaking forward, but it's a different kind of watching. This is when you are out in battle and you're not sure whether you're going to be brought into a measure of responsibility or a measure where it's every person for themselves or... You know, and you know, you don't want to be in fear, but you need to be ready. But in that readiness, you also need to be speaking forward proactively. It's amazing how many times in the midst of challenging moments in the scripture, God says, Don't don't go haywire, don't be belly aching. You speak proactively. You pray proactively. And it's it's really interesting. You overcome evil with good. And those are, those are the terms that, that are used there. So we finally come to this fourth and final watch and pray. And here, where after Jesus has talked about things that are really 
going on around us right now. Um, it's, it's really amazing. In fact, he says, when these things begin to come to pass, um, when you see them being put into place and you, uh, you think, oh my goodness, look at this. This is what Jesus prophesied for the end. You know, when I used to read this passage, I didn't really envision how this could possibly be. But now I see it. Now I see it. I'm stunned, but now I see it. And as I read through all these red words, I think, oh my goodness, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Even at verse 25, there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Um, we're, we're in these days with technology. There are so many things that are being undeniably shown that are stunners that really make you think, wow, what is that? What is this? You know, I, I'm waiting for any time with this new uh, web telescope that's, that's out there that's bringing pictures from so far away, so far past what Hubble could do. I'm waiting for any time for them to say, uh-oh, we don't know what that is. We have no idea what we're seeing. And, you know, but, but the Scripture says there are going to be these signs. We're seeing many of them right now, as well as all these other things, distress of nations, men's hearts feeling them for fear. You know, there's always something to be afraid of. You know, and it seems like everybody's trying to fuel fear into you. Isn't that true? You know, you just get through COVID and all that fear factor, and now you've got monkeypox, and now you've got, you know, polio, whether, whether you, whatever you believe about it or not, but they're finding the water systems up in New York, and they're trying to figure out what to do about it. Um, and um, I, I, I just think that people are fearful, and there are things that are going on, and um, that, that, according to verse 29, it's like the fig tree. Why did Jesus use the fig tree there? Because remember what the fig tree means in Scripture. It means a place of contemplations, where Andrew was. It's a place of contemplation where you believe God is going to show you things from the heavens. That's what, for the Jewish people, when you're talking about the fig tree, that's what they were talking about. And Jesus cursed the fig tree because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't participating actively in what it really represented. Um, but here he says, remember that. Those of you who are before the Lord and you're keen on hearing what God's saying, if you begin to see these things come to pass, you better be aware. You better wake up. And that's the term that he uses here. Watch. But then he says, and pray. And here he uses that wonderful word, deomai. This is one of the things that we're, I intend to break down for us in, in, at seminar because, um, you know, you've got that wonderful family of the root of this is deo, which means to bind. Deasis comes from this, which is supplication. And deomai is there as well. It's part of it. And the best I can explain it is the heart of any supplication is that we're bound to the Lord. It's the strength that we have. 
any point of supplication is not just trying or, you know, I think I'll try to offer supplication. You either are bound to the Lord about something or you're really not offering supplication. That's just scripturally what, what, what is there. And, you know, it's, it's funny, as we studied about Deo many years ago, we talked about how that this is really the source of power for supplication. Uh, it's, it's the word that is used to describe you bind the strong man. It's the word that is used to describe um, how you, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And the person that is really committed in supplication before the Father is the one who has that power. It's not just a group of ladies or men who come together and say, we got the keys, we can bind and we can loose, and we're quoting a bunch of scriptures. Yeah, the enemy knows the scriptures too. But it's, it's this root of supplication in the New Testament, which really means that you're bound to the Lord and you're committed beyond committed to this. And I think one of the interesting passages of scripture was when Jesus came on the Sabbath day and he was in the synagogue and there was a woman sitting over there and he he healed she was bow she was bound she deo she was bound up she could no why straighten herself and the people of course you might imagine some of them were rejoicing I'm, I know the lady was rejoicing but there were some that say how dare you do this on the Sabbath day and he said, should not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Dale. Now, we don't know what her life story was. But Jesus wasn't just throwing words out. That damn devil. You know, he wasn't saying any kind of things that we say. He said, Satan has bound this woman. And so we don't know what kind of demonic measures of supplication had been against her family and against her purpose but he speaks about being a daughter of enemy of 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 satan uh, that satan had bound this daughter of abraham and and i've really been praying lord show me show us what was really going on there he wasn't just describing her as being a jewish woman and he wasn't just using that term. That, that term is used as the root of supplication. And, and if you're going to do battle in a stronghold and God sends you there, it is that partnership and supplication that gives you the, the ability to bind that strong man. And that, those, that's the term that's used. It's invariably that. And so here you have Diamai. Now, I'll just say this one thing, and I'm really going against what I was taught, and I'm not trying to lose people with Greek and Hebrew. You all are intercessors. This is your language. You face these things, and this is the word of the Lord. So, when you have deasis, supplication, there are two kinds of revelation that come out of that. One is, of course, prosuke. We see that. This is the 80 to 90 percent of the time. And it's God giving you insight in the midst of, of supplication that you can speak forward. It's usually a forward, pros. It's, it's a forward kind of a thing. We've studied those words, written on that. But deomai comes out of that too. And this is more a response. Deomai is a response to things that are specifically 
coming against your stand in supplication. Something that is, um, is, is really pressing, a pressing need of the moment. And in fact, this word is used in a lot of ways. You can look at it for yourself, but it stems out of supplication. Like when you pray the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send laborers. It's, it's this word. Why would that be? Because you have been in supplication for that harvest. You have been in supplication for that planting and for that growth. You've been watching over what God said he wanted to bring forth, and it's about to come. And because you've been faithful in that, you can deomai at the right time for God to send laborers. See, that makes perfect sense. It, it's just an extrapolation backward to see why Jesus used that word. And it was Jesus that used that word, I think, twice to describe that. It comes out of supplication. And, um, you know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of ways that that word is used. Now, it was also used in the vernacular of people, like uh, they besought somebody to do this. Obviously, they had... In that instance, they had some kind of pool or some kind of place, and they had the ability to go and say, hey, you know, would you do this? It wasn't just somebody pestering a person. It was always somebody who had a right to do that, and they would ask for it. But, you know, it, it's just a, it's a very interesting factor. So when you're offering supplication, God gives you insight as to what's coming and what you need to be sowing forward, but he also will trigger a, a, a point where you can come before God and ask for something that at that point is really needed and for the supplication to be successful. Now, you say, some of you might think, well, what, where does Iteo fit in? Because remember, we talked about Iteo as you talking to the Father about your mission. Well, to me, that happens in your intercession. That happens when you are before the throne. That happens when, when God is speaking to you about what he's wanting to do, and he's impacting you with the burden. And he's, it's, it's like that planning session where you are there, and, and, and God is saying, this is what I want to do. And the overall objective, the overall objective you are declaring and you're stating this is what God's going to do. This is what God's going to do, which is different than prosukamai because prosukamai is something that the Spirit shares when you're actively engaged on that pathway. And it's kind of like that joy that comes and you say it's a burst of revelation and I'm releasing it. It's like a here a little, there a little, and it's not necessarily the precept and it's not necessarily the line. So Iteo is, is more on a governmental layer, and it's very important. But when you are in the midst of supplication and you are battling, and here Jesus uses the, the, this, these terms. Uh, when, when hell is coming against you in the end times, I think that these things are beginning to come to pass, and we need to recognize that every one of these things are happening. Right now, they're being put in position. They're being prepared. Do you ever notice that? Do you, you notice sometimes when you see, I could go on in a lot of different ways, that America is changing? 
things that we used to say in the 70s or 80s, this is what America is, and, you know, we stand for, for, for uh, the republic, for the, for the de democracy, for the freedom to worship, for the freedom of speech. All those things are changing. I don't know if you've been asleep. Maybe you've noticed. But, um, you know, even, even our government and the Justice Department acts more like what we saw in communist Russia, what we saw in Maoist China, what we saw in some of the third world dictatorships in, in uh, Central America, and what we saw in Castro's Cuba. We see them acting in a way that's very similar to that, that which, which we think that never would have happened 20 years ago. That never would have happened 30 years ago. What is that? You can see that this is the trend that the enemy's trying to do. I often wondered, you know, I read about all these things in the Scripture. How in the world is that ever going to happen in America? When I was a kid, uh, you know, we knew that things were, there were a lot of sin going on and, you know, the Thief in the Night movies and all that stuff. But I would read this and I'd think, this must be talking about some other foreign land because I don't see how this is going to happen in the good old U.S. of A., it can happen now, and it's be, the groundwork is being laid inch by inch. You know, the enemy takes an inch, and then he sees, can I go a little further? Can I go a little further? And, you know, I said, well, we better bind out. We better use that binding. Look, you're not going to be able to bind away what the Scripture says is going to happen. What you do is you're aware, you notice, you watch, and you pray. We have a job to do. You know, all of these things that Jesus speaks about are what the enemy's trying to do. And as we've studied about the role of the saints in the end time, we're supposed to be standing for the kingdom, welcoming what God wants to do, welcoming what we're offering supplication, what we're praying in diversities of tongues to do. We've got to be faithful to that because that's the only thing that's going to matter. So Jesus says, Watch you, therefore, and pray always. Be alert. Yeah, be alert. Not just Gregorio. You, you better be watching. This involves you. This involves you. And you better be sensing what the enemy may be trying to do or what circumstances might be trying to do or where you are in a juncture of service, something that is desperately needed, not according to your mind, but what the Spirit is saying, and you need to ask for that. And this is where we need to become skilled as intercessors to be able to discern between what we think should happen or what old so-and-so is teaching that maybe we should get on board with. What's the Spirit speaking to you out of your supplication? Out of your supplication. And you ask that. See, there's many levels of intercession, and when they're all put together, it, it, prov it provides a governmental structure for the kingdom that is impenetrable. But we've got to put them into practice. So what else does Jesus say here? He says, watch and pray always that you may be accounted worthy. You remember, if you look at this word, you know what this word is. It's from our old friend Axios, which means that you are bearing the weight that you were assigned to bear. Um, I remember Pastor Fabian tell the story about the uh, 
the auto rickshaw that Billy Speckin was riding in, in in India, its axle would not hold the weight, and it just caved. And um, and uh, that's it's just a funny story. Billy would laugh at it too. I'm not mocking him or saying anything. It just happened. We were dark night coming out of the fields of where the cobra lived, and uh, we were heading back to our humble abode. The axle didn't bear its weight. And um, to be worthy here is not to be an upstanding individual. There's a lot of upstanding individuals that don't bear the weight. Uh, this is you doing what you're called to do and doing it before the Lord and being faithful in it. So in the midst of this, he expects, first of all, for you to do the things we said already, but everybody do what they're called to do and be faithful in it. And then what else did he say? If you're doing that, there's a measure of escape that God will provide. I, I can't preach about how that's going to happen. I think God can preserve you. I think God can warn you. I think God can give you preemptive strategies. I think that's how those things are imparted. And to stand before the Son of Man. Is again, our old friend Histeme. You are being faithful in the place through the power of the cross that God has called you to stand. So you've got four things that Jesus says at the, at the very end, the very end of all these startling words about the end time. He says, you better, you better be on guard. Not just aware, but ready. You better be functioning on behalf of your point of supplication before the Lord, and you better be sensitive to the Spirit to know the difference between when you're enduring, when you're waiting, and when you are asking for a specific thing that the Spirit has earmarked to assist that point of supplication. Every person should be bearing their own point of responsibility, doing what God created you to do. And uh, if God has planted you in a place, the Father has called you to stand in the power of the cross in a particular histeme, you be faithful there because the Son of Man is in that place. Jesus is here with us. And I don't want to be anywhere far from him. So those are the four things. You think, well, what should we do? Should we just stand outside and every morning look to the sky and sing some good old hymns about he's coming? Even with that Hawaiian, he's coming soon. You know, or, or do we watch? Are, are we downcast or are we alert? Or have we given up in despair or are we stirring ourselves and, and be mature ones? Uh, are, we, uh, are we watching? Are we alert? Are we praying according to supplication and being sensitive to what God would require of us in that supplication? Part of that may be a deomai type of, of, of responsibility. Are we, are we bearing the responsibility for what God has created us to be? Or are we... Are, we, are our hands dropped? Are we lax? 
And I'm not trying to fault anybody. I'm saying that that is something that we have to answer for ourselves before God. And are we standing in the gap that the cross has paid the price for? Are we doing those things? Those, you, you might even be able to do a, a fourfold, a voice thunders, lightnings, or earthquakes on this. But, you know, the point is, is that those are four points that Jesus says, when all these things begin to come to pass, you better, you better do these things. And uh, we as intercessors are in the midst of that. I, I don't mind telling you that as a man, as, a, as an American, I, I can't help but be troubled by the things that I see. I'm just being very honest with you. But it doesn't do me any good to bellyache about it. It doesn't do me any good to gripe and complain, even though that could be pretty easy. Um, it, it, it really is beyond just our country sliding down a slope toward progressive socialism. Um, it's, it's more about us recognizing that this is the timing of God. We are, we are really seeing end-time things. They've begun already. They're not coming. They're here, and they're evolving. And what do we do? Well, we function as saints. We function as sons. We function. This is why God caused you to be born into this time frame. And I'm grateful, you know. I'm grateful that a lot of us are, are veterans. But a lot of us have been around a while. And that's beneficial. It's beneficial to have been able to watch this decades-long transition in the world and in our country. And, and what the, the transition in the church. It's beneficial because sometimes if, if we were just dropped down into this time frame, having no understanding of what, how we got to this place over the decades, we would be we would be shortchanged. And, and I, you know, I can say things are rough here, but because I can think back to 40 or 50 years ago, and, and I can remember what, what we understood then and the way things were, and, and I can see now over the passage of time that we're here, and it's undeniably, undeniably happening around us. It's helpful. Um, sometimes I think, well, you know, all of us are, I'm not complaining about it. We're ready to go. But, you know, all of us are, uh, we just didn't graduate from college. Some of you did, but most of us didn't. And uh, I think, you know, man, this is going to be a lot of work for all of us at being as young as we are. But I think that we have to recognize that God knew that too, and there's a benefit to being an Issachar. There's a benefit to being in the, in the three levels of the mighty men, that, that older group that you don't hear a lot about, but are essential. Now, all, kept all the younger ones in line because those guys were there, and they'd been around a while. And you, you, you see that in Scripture, you know, when 
you know, Israel would fall away from the Lord and somebody would, I don't see how this could happen, but somebody discovers the scroll of the law and they dust it off and, and they come out and read it and all these people are hearing it and they're weeping and there are some that were there when it was last read and that's an important factor. But we have, we have a job to do and God, God is going to rely upon all of the life experiences we've had and all the experiences we've had in the spirit realm and, and because of those, those benefits of experience in God, we have, we have been privileged to have, I'm not going to say a complete, but a greater grasp on what some of these things mean right now. And that will only exponentially grow. But these four things, you better remember them because we're seeing this stuff rapidly take position. And, you know, you have two choices, well, three choices. You can give up or you can just be a, a griper or you can do what Jesus said to do here. So we're alert and aware. We're ready for war, but we're not necessarily just swinging at everything that comes. We are, we are committed to our partnership and supplication, and we're asking the Spirit to cause us to be able to discern between when God's saying endure in patience, when God's saying ignore, when God's saying abide the time, and when God's saying you better ask me for this. It's not always one or the other. And we, we all need to make sure that we are in fit working order, that we are axios, that we're doing what we're supposed to do. You know, Paul warned about that when he was writing to the Corinthians about communion. And he, he said, you know, some of you are not axios, and you need to step it up and get back in line. And we need to recognize the place where God's called us to stand. Jesus is there, and we're, we're here in the power of the cross. And, and so those are four points that we need to be carefully learning and applying in our lives. And I believe that this is a word of, of instruction, but it's also a word of, of alerting us. If there were ever a time where we needed to be faithful in these ways, according to the commandment of Jesus, it's now. It's now. And um, we're in good shape. God, God has positioned us, but maybe we need to, on our own, go before the Lord and say, how am I doing, Lord, in these four things? You know, this is not pastor talking to me. This is not my wise old aunt talking to me. This is not my group of prayer warriors talking to me. This is me before you. And what really matters is what you think. How am I doing in these four things? Am I coming behind in any one of these? And if so, forgive me and help me to bring it up to speed. Four things Jesus says the very Son of God about what should be happening in His followers in the time of the end. And so it's up to you and it's up to me to make sure that we align ourselves with what He requires. Because the very same one who said this 
standing here with us right now. It says to stand before the Son of Man. And I know, as, as Cece pointed out, he has, a, he has a histeme at the right hand of the Father, but he's also standing here with us in the place where we're supposed to be standing. Only God could do that. I'm thankful that he can. Heavenly Father, I speak blessing over all the saints, these intercessors. I thank you, Father, for their commitment to you. I thank you for their faithfulness and their willingness to serve you. I'm so grateful for this great family here in Dallas, and I'm so grateful for our extended family of saints. What wonderful people, what, what, what wonderful gifts you've given them, what wonderful callings. And I just ask you, I simply ask you in obedience to this scripture that we would be that, that kind of intercessor, that kind of intercessor that is faithful in all four of these things, that you would use us and that we would be that good and faithful servant. Thank you for this calling. Thank you for this privilege and this honor. Help us to be faithful to you. And finally, Father, I, I ask that you would strengthen, that you would encourage, that you would release your healing and your restorative power to all of these wonderful folks. And may we all receive from you today exactly what we need. I release that to your people now. We've sought first your kingdom and your righteousness. That's all I've talked about today. That's what the, the worship time was. That's what the Sunday school was. That's been the theme of the day. And you promised that when we do that, you would add all the things that we needed to us. So here I am as your representative at this pulpit asking you for that fulfillment of that promise. Release to your people. Release to this ministry. Release to the churches of the saints and the prayer groups exactly what they need exactly what we need add it to us and we thank you father for this you're faithful you're good and we love you so we commit ourselves to you we commit ourselves in this time frame use us lord and let us be people that you can rely on in these days and we thank you for it all for we ask it in the name of our wonderful lord jesus Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all, and thanks for letting me able to, to, to speak to you this way. You know, it, it really makes a difference that we can talk about deep things together, and I don't have to serve up vanilla ice cream and donuts to you on Sunday. Uh, thank you. Well, we might do that in Sunday school, especially for Fran, but, but for the rest of us, thank you for letting this happen, and God bless you all. Have a good day and a good week.